0: Yo, yo, what is up, my man? It's Thea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And I can tell you, it's probably about to get a little bit better as you listen into my interview with Dr. Chris Sargent, who is a uh, naturopathic doctor, formerly a chiropractor, and has really decided to pioneer a message around um, natural medicine that is anchored by spiritual Well being. And so we have a really interesting conversation today about the convergence of faith and health and how those two intersect. And then we get into just tons of raw nuts and bolts material around naturopathic medicine. So we talk about diet and protein and exercise and movement and testosterone and hormones and insulin. And we talk about gut health. We talk about sleep. We talk about, I mean, just everything that you can imagine. Uh, in the context of health and, and lifestyle factors for being healthy. This is a really broad spanning interview and you know, I've been on this journey for probably about two and a half years of just being a lot more intentional with my health, trying to get my diet a bit more dialed in, trying to just understand some of the individual variances in my own body and what's required for me to feel good and to perform well and to look good as well. Um, And, you know, also like for me, you know, I, I run a business, I have a newborn. Now I'm growing a family and a marriage and, you know, volunteering at church, lots to be juggled. And I want to make sure that my health is optimal. And so this, this whole subject matter has just fascinated me. Uh, I've gleaned a lot from natural medicine over the years. And we had another naturopathic doctor, named Anthony Balduzzi on the show a little while back. He was fantastic. And so I want to bring somebody else on to, you know, dive a little bit deeper and maybe come at it from a bit of a different angle as well, uh, because Dr. Chris is actually a Christian. And so um, I know you're going to learn a lot. You're going to glean a lot. And uh, if you're even a fraction as interested in health and well-being as I am, then you will learn something along the way here as well. So without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Chris Sargent. So here's the million dollar question. All right. Well, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. Here, I got Dr. Chris Sargent with me. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Um, I appreciate you having me and taking time. It's fun.
0: Yeah, it'll be really fun. Uh, you know, you are covering us an area that I was mentioning before we hit record. My wife and I have been really uh, interested in learning more about, which is functional medicine. I would say the last couple of years, uh, my wife ran into you know a bunch of health challenges that traditional med- medicine just didn't seem to really. Um, understand you know they couldn't give explanations they certainly could not give solutions and so functional medicine has its place and I know for you that functional medicine hasn't always been your area of focus I know that you had trained in some other areas give us a little bit of a background of your journey and how you kind of got more focused on functional medicine
1: absolutely um I well actually I um I kind of grew up with functional medicine before it was called functional medicine. I didn't know my mom, my parent, my mom, particularly, um, we always ate like, we always ate pretty clean. We didn't know that's what we were doing. Right. Um, We weren't allowed to buy like cookies off the shelf. She made cookies, right? Like it was, it was just a more kind of wholesome way of growing up. Hmm. And um, you know, she taught us to cook and um, she taught us what or taught me anyway. um, You know, just, kind of lower sugar, kind of that kind of higher protein, just like think about those things um, as we were growing up. And then I went to chiropractic school, which is probably what you were alluding to. But in chiropractic school, I had a huge hormonal challenge. And that's actually when I discovered functional medicine. Hmm. And I've practiced functional medicine alongside chiropractic for 32 years. Now, my, the chiropractic piece kind of dropped by the wayside about 10-ish years ago, seven okay. to 10 years ago. And I hired chiropractors in my private practice to do sure. that part so that I could really focus in on functional medicine. But I've been in functional medicine my whole life. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and it's really, I'm so passionate. I love, and this is going to be nerdy, but I, I love physiology and, biochemistry and how everything works together and all the parts. So yeah, that just it fits my nerdiness.
0: (laughs) I love it. So how did you solve some of those hormonal issues that you had? Well, that was the
1: thing, right? Like I, I wasn't getting any answers from our traditional medicine here, which they're great at certain things. And I certainly don't ever want to come off it with any kind of animosity, right? Like my mom just broke her hemp and they did a replacement like They're amazing at stuff like that, right? But when it comes to these hormonal and sort of these symptoms that don't allow for really vital life, right? Like when you have hormonal ups and downs or mood swings or any of those kind of things, your husband, so, you know, hats off. Uh. Um, (laughs) And I know you have little ones, so like there's a lot of that happening. Yeah, Um, true. um, when, When we all any of us can experience this, but when we have all that, like we can wreck relationships and we can wreck our relationship with God and we can really wreak havoc on our own lives because we don't have that peace under control. And so when I found somebody who would help me um, sort out what was going on, he, he was actually a rep for one of our vitamin companies and, you know, medical doctors get pharmaceuticals coming in we get vitamin reps coming in so we learn from the beginning how to do things that way right right in chiropractic school we're already learning nutrition and vitamins and minerals and herbal medicine and that kind of stuff we're already learning that um, whereas they get seven to 20 hours of it right (laughs) right your medical doctor so anyhow um You know, he came alongside me. He was a rap and he's like, I'm not supposed to be doing this on the side. I'm like, I know, but I really need help. (laughs) So actually we just cleaned up my diet a little bit. I focused a little bit more on sleep. It's nothing that I wouldn't tell you or your wife or somebody else to do, right? Cleaned up my diet. We did a really intense detox for about a month. (laughs) And I started taking some different supplements and it was like within three months or so, I was a different person. Wow, stable and energy wise, and all the things, and I can fast forward that to having postpartum depression after my first child at 39 years old, and I did the same thing, right? I cleaned it all up, and I went to see somebody for help because we sure. can't always do it for ourselves. Yeah, but like cleaned up the diet, detoxed heavily, did did some extra supplementation, and boom, the postpartum was gone. So wow, it it's really just, it's that, right? It's always go back to the basics, going back to the basics.
0: And that's what I've really appreciated about functional medicine. It's very lifestyle focused. There's a simplicity about it. And sometimes all these additional medical interventions just complicate things, right? Like we've all seen the ad for some life-changing pharmaceutical, and then they list off the 25 side effects at the end that you need a whole nother slew of medications just to compensate for. And it kind of becomes this downward spiral. So I love that about functional medicine. I'm wondering in your practice, if there are, is there one or two things in particular, like I have some guesses, but I don't want to put words in your mouth, of over and over again, you are telling people, look, if you just got this one area of your life in order, it would probably account for 80% of your issues.
1: Yeah, it's food.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay, got it.
1: Right, if you, get, if you can get your protein to start your day, like, And this is kind of, I know it sounds like a blanket statement, but 70% of Americans are overweight and obese, and it's probably similar, right? Like, this is what we're dealing with. And so I already know what you're eating for the most part, right? 30 <laughs> yeah. years of experience. How many times have people told me? Like, so if you can get your food right, a lot of other things will fall into place. Hmm. And that first piece is the mo- if you can eat more protein, and more vegetables. This isn't. This is not rocket science. My dad's a rocket scientist. I promise you, this is not rocket science. I'm not. I'm not lying. Um, like lean protein, fruits and vegetables, lower like vegetable carbohydrates instead of all this processed stuff. Give if an you example. Can do
2: Sorry, like potatoes. You... Yes.
1: Right, like potatoes, sweet potatoes, squash, that kind of thing. Um, if you can eat that way, the way God put the mouth there on the planet, if you yeah. can eat that way, you will lick most of the problem.
2: Mm. Okay. And I, then the I,
1: second piece. Oh, go ahead. Go sorry. ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Okay. The second piece will be move your body.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: And then research, research across cancer, heart disease, obesity, um, and neurodegenerative diseases like alzheimers or parkinsons exercise is the one constant through all of it that helps increase long- healthy longevity vitality yeah if you will
0: well it makes a lot of sense i mean even with our clients not that we not that we really talk about diet and that sort of thing but the one thing we have observed just because our focus is on the root causal issues of addiction whatever else that come with it is people start to make better decisions in life in general as they start to quit pornography, right? And so their diet cleans up or they go back to the gym and they start working out regularly or whatever it might be. And it is amazing how, um, I was going to say cyclical, but that's not the right word, how compounding it is. You know, you Mm -hmm. improve your diet. And because you improve your diet, you feel better. And because you feel better, you're more likely to work out. And because you work out, you want to eat better. And you know, like, it's all these positive feedback. It's a
1: positive feed forward cycle. Yeah, it it cycles up instead of spiraling down.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it makes a lot of sense to me. Let's talk a little bit more about protein. This is, you know, a male specific audience. And so I think that's absolutely, I mean, women need it just as much as men, but I think, I think men hear protein and they think, yeah, like, you know, ribs and steak and this is awesome. Let's talk about protein. You mentioned about protein in the morning. So uh, just so you know who you're talking to, um, I was definitely like a bowl of cereal in the morning. oats, that kind of stuff. Most of my life, I used to have egos yeah. or Pop-Tarts. It was much worse, you know, the younger I was. Right. And probably in the last, uh, maybe the last year to 18 months, um, I, my goal has always been to have 50 grams of protein in the morning. So usually I'm having wow. chicken, uh, I'm having a couple of eggs, shred some cheese on there and a glass of milk. Usually it hits 50 grams pretty quickly. Um, and that's been game changing, like for cravings just how I feel in the morning, um, energy. I mean, the list goes on and on and I'm obviously trying to build muscle. So I need to get my protein in as well, but talk a little bit more about morning, uh, protein in the morning and what that maybe could look like for the average person.
1: Yeah, that's so, that's so, it is so key. And, um, for, and for men particularly and particularly for men over 35, as testosterone tends to start to take a dip. Um, it's, it's, um, you know, working out your big muscle groups and then adding this protein piece on top of it will keep your testosterone levels at a normal place for decades, really. Hmm. Um, But protein in the morning. So there's actually studies done and I won't bore you with all the crazy details, but there are studies done not only with kids, but adults. And what happens is when when we eat carbohydrates in the morning, we set ourselves up for insulin resistance and type two diabetes, basically. When you eat oats or cereal or Pop-Tarts or Eggos or any of those, anything like that, even though you think you're healthy, right? You're eating oats. Yeah. It sends your blood sugar up too high sometimes, depending on what you've been eating. But it only lasts for a couple hours. So you find yourself hungry and craving within a couple of hours, right? And so then you're like, okay, where's the granola bar? Give me the granola bar, right? Oh, that's healthy. So, you eat this granola bar and then you're like two hours later, you're hungry again and it's lunchtime and you go for pasta and you do this whole thing all day long. Right. Right. So, you set yourself up and then insulin goes up. Now, men, you're going to want to know this is when your insulin rides high over time, you're shifting testosterone to estrogen.
2: Okay. Potentially.
1: Uh you can potentially start that shift it's it's a biochemical thing that happens over time but like this is some of the male changes in your body that you want to see for women it goes the other way and we grow hair where we don't want it
2: oh interesting (laughs) okay
1: yeah Yeah, so we turn it estrogen to testosterone but you guys flip it back the other way so getting what happens when you get protein in the morning is it doesn't it doesn't dink on your on your blood sugar very much right it doesn't do a big blood sugar swing because it's protein so it goes slower and over a longer period of time not as high it doesn't produce a you don't produce a ton of insulin and you stay full for about four to six hours depending on what you're eating and how much fat you're having with it yeah. right and how much muscle mass you already have and what your metabolism is and when you're working out and all those other factors But what that does is it just evens out your blood sugar. So then you're like, oh, look, it's four hours. I'm starting to get hungry. Then you can make a rational decision about what you're eating. Like, let's eat some more protein and some vegetables and some carbs. If you're, you know, if you're working out and you're if you're a runner or you're expending a lot, you still need to have those healthy carbohydrates. Yeah. But not in the amounts that you may think
2: Hmm.
1: either. So that's. And if we can get those carbohydrates earlier in the day, because your body and metabolism time to burn all that stuff off. So you're not trying to sleep on it.
0: Yeah. And I guess it makes sense. Like, you know, we're circling back to just, I would say generally, we're not taking very good care of our bodies in North America. And like you're attributing a lot of this to diet. And to me, like a high protein diet is maybe one of the quickest ways to get your food back on track because protein is so satiating. And it is. just by eating a it's high naturally diet, satiating, yes, yeah, naturally satiating, and you're much less likely to have the cravings for the reasons you mentioned, like the uh, plateaued insulin levels. But then additionally, you just feel more full. And so you're just not going to mm-hmm. you're just not going to eat as much. Um, and like, so for me, I've, um I've had put on muscle because I've, um I've done a, a more protein heavy diet. But then I've actually had to f- not force feed, it's not quite the right word, but like, I have to, I have a very high metabolism. So for me to actually gain weight, I have to hit pretty high calorie levels. And I've yep. really had to push myself because I'm eating so much protein. It's very satiating. And then additionally, I'm trying to obviously, you know, cram in calories so that I can compete with my metabolism. So I, like, I just, just to give some like credence, like what you're saying is not just, um, scientific theory, like this is, this is for real. Uh, do you have any recommendations on just easy ways to get protein in the morning? What do you typically recommend for someone who wants to start? Um,
1: you know what? Honestly, the easiest thing for a lot of my clients is a protein shake.
0: Yeah. You know, okay. find
1: find your favorite source of. Uh, some people do really well with whey protein. I'm not one of them. Um, you know, there's there's lots of different forms of of powdery protein, but you can do that with a cup of berries maybe a little stevia if you want it sweeter, maybe some yogurt to add in those calories. That's what my son is doing. He's a high-end athlete. and He's kind of li- probably like you, right? He is focused on gaining some weight. So he's eating 4,800 calories a day. Wow. Like his job is eating, right? <laughs> he's only 19. He's going to be 19. So it's a different yeah. job. But, yeah, um, yeah. but so just a good solid protein shake. But uh, what I'm not talking about is, you know, throwing two apples and three peaches and, Two bananas like if you wouldn't eat it in a serving don't put it in a shake
2: Uh uh-huh right yeah good point
1: right you put four apricots in and an apple and a carrot or two carrots like if you wouldn't sit down and eat that giant bowl of fruit don't put it in a smoothie Mm. that's that's no better than your oats
0: yeah right okay now you talked about whey protein and how like um that may not work for everyone, right? Like sometimes digestion just uh, factors in. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I know um, this is like the first, this last couple of years has been the first time I've really taken weightlifting seriously and factored in my diet. But I did lift weights when I was in university. Um, And unfortunately, like I was being taught by somebody who was just very insecure, just trying to get big pumps, didn't really like understand how to take care of his body. Um, And also like would cram in whey protein, even though he wasn't digesting it well, uh, which i've learned now is like yeah like if you're if you're having bad digestion from your whey protein it's not doing you any favors it's doing more harm than good um it is but to to maybe expand that conversation a little bit can you mm-hmm. just talk about the importance of digestion cuz i think the last 5 to 10 years medical research is uncovering the significance of our gut calling it you know the second brain 90% of our tr- neurotransmitters are generated there and if the gut's not well we're not well can you just talk a little bit about that and For part sure. of the reason i'm asking is because um, you know, when we talk about addiction recovery, porn addiction in particular, uh, a lot of trauma history, a lot of abuse, these kinds of stories are quite mm-hmm. prevalent. And almost always when people have those histories, they have gut issues, right? Like there's a synchronicity there. And I'd love for you Absolutely. to talk a little bit about how the gut factors into our overall health and well-being.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, this is where we start in functional medicine, period. Right. So in terms of other proteins, um, you know, I'm a f- I'm a fan of pea protein. I'm a fan of soy protein, which is really controversial for some people.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and it's not for everybody any more than whey protein is. You really have to figure out what works for you. Right. Um and and also I'm going to preface everything I say with we are all genetically individual. And so as many big broad brush strokes as I'd like to paint, it's not going to work for everybody.
2: True. Yeah. But
1: there are but there are some pretty good baseline rules if you will like eating protein in the morning. Um, So expanding that the conversation about gut health, your gut is the source of all of your health. Because Mm -hmm. let me, let me see if I can make this make sense. If you take your typical garden hose and cut it in half, and you're looking at the end of it, right? In the wall of your garden hose is 60%. This is like your, you know, your intestines or whatever. Sixty to 80% of your immune system is in the wall of that garden hose. Wow. So not only is your brain in the garden hose, but your immune system is in the garden hose. Hmm. And so when we mistreat our gut, we're mistreating our immune system. And when we mistreat our immune system, inflammation follows. And that can come in f- lots of different forms. It can come in hormonal disruption. It can come in the form of autoimmune disorders. It can come in the form of heart disease. Hmm. It can come in the form of diabetes. Right. It can come in the form of these these, these age-related symptoms like aches and pains and all these things, which really isn't necessarily age-related. Yeah, I hang out with a lot, <laughs> a lot of... Late 50 something.
2: <laughs>
1: and a lot of us don't have that because we don't have the gut issues that go along with the typical 40, 50, 60 year old human hmm. or 30. You're probably in your thirties, but, yeah. um, or less, I don't know. No, no thirties. Yeah. I'm
0: 33.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you though. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you're really, you know, so, um, so yes, gut health is first. And um, that's, you have to heal your gut. You know, you were asking like, what's the one thing? Hmm. Healing your gut is the one thing. Yeah. When we shift from an ultra processed diet to a whole foods type diet, and I'm not talking about shopping at Whole Foods. You can shop at Aldi yeah. or low cost <laughs> grocery, yep. whatever low cost grocery store you have and do the same thing. You don't have to have perfect grass-fed meat because those are a lot of excuses, right? Well, I can't afford to eat healthy. But a bag of carrot and a bag of orange Doritos, I'm not picking on Doritos, it could be any other orange chip crunchy thing, costs $3.
2: Yeah, right.
1: Which which is better for you, right? The carrots are going to be a better buy.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's where are you spending your money and what are you spending it on? So in order to shift to the gut piece, just shifting your diet from ultra processed foods to more whole foods can start to shift your gut health in as little as three days.
0: Wow. That quickly.
1: It doesn't heal all up in three days. Yes, It takes about 90 for your immune system to catch up.
2: Okay. Got it.
0: Um.
1: But it can really start to shift the microbiome and the the good bugs that live down there by adding in the real food and by adding in the things that you're gonna get from that food, which is sometimes little bacteria on your lettuce, even though you don't wanna think about that.
0: Uh, True, yeah, very true. How does trauma play into this? And um, do you ever have people who, you know, they clean up their diet, they do the whole foods thing, and sure, their gut is better 90 days later, but there's still clearly some challenges. Maybe the immunity is not back or there's still the presence of an autoimmune disorder. What, is, what role does trauma play into this? And I don't know if this is even part of your practice. This is not something we necessarily discussed previously, but I'm just curious what, what you do when you encounter something additional that's contributing to the gut issues. Right.
1: So, um, I mean, I've been sitting in this chair for a long time and so I can take people through some level of coaching, um, but trauma is... Probably in a very high percentage of of people who come to see me, I believe it's it, a, yeah. it's part of their history someplace, hmm. um, and how they've dealt with it or haven't dealt with it, right? And yeah. so when I have somebody who's just not responding the way I think, and I know that there's some history of trauma, I you know a, there's not a good substitute for really good trauma therapists, yeah. Um, there's not a good substitute for prayer or there's not a good substitute for God in my world, right? Like there's just not a good substitute for any of those, your faith, um, for any of that. And not and I think it all has to work together, right? It's not just one piece of that pie. It's, you know, being able to release that trauma um without invalidating it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. But know that the more you hold on to that trauma, it's going to affect your gut because you start to affect your neurotransmitters and those via the vagus nerve go back and forth. It's a two-way street. And so the the better you can start dealing with your trauma and laying it all out, putting it at the foot of the cross, right? <laughs> Even though we tend to pick it back up again, yeah. Um lay it all out there, then the, the, the better your gut's going to be and the better you'll be too. Yeah. In handling life.
0: Tell me a little bit about the faith part of it. Cause I think that's been something I really appreciated about your message is, you know, in addition, you know, your stuff, lots of experience, but I love the integration of faith. And I think, um, for me, that's why it actually took me so long to start lifting weights and taking this stuff seriously is because I had done it before, but I was sort of doing it for, vanity or, you know, my friends are doing it. So I'm just doing it. And I've just never really been like that. Those things don't motivate me enough to actually make a change in my lifestyle. But I think as I start to understand the importance of of weight training a little bit more, uh, thinking about longevity, thinking about wanting to play with my kids, all that kind of stuff. Um, I had no idea. I honestly had no idea that lifting weights was so important for those things. Um, and it's really given me, I guess, just an anchor point, you know, like a bit of spirituality to this, because I know um, I know the things God's called me to. And our mutual friend, Shiraz, who actually connected us, um, he's told me many, many times, he said, you have a call in your life. You don't want your health to be the reason you don't fulfill it. And so, um, you know, th- things like that have always motivated me, you know, to really take this stuff serious. But I'm just wondering for you, like, why is taking care of your physical body spiritual?
1: Ooh, that's a lot.
0: <laughs>
1: so I'm not much different than you, right? And probably for a lot of your audience, right? We we do a lot of this stuff for vanity and to be accepted or or for me it's it's for me really it's an integrity issue. I don't feel like I can walk my talk and talk my walk unless I'm doing the things that I've asked you to do or asked a client to do. For sure. Um so there's a piece of that for me that I I've, I've had to to do or not had to do but I've done just out of my own need for integrity. Um, and then, and then um, for me, it it became spiritual when I realized the scriptures that talk about taking care of our temple and that the Holy Spirit lives in our heart. And I'm like, the first thing I, when I remember, I remember thinking about that and I'm like, oh my gosh. And the, and the prevalence of heart disease, right? So the Holy Spirit's living in there and there's this, giant prevalence of heart disease and heart disease is because of all the junk food we eat. The Holy Spirit just doesn't want to live in there with all the junk food, right? And mm-hmm. so all of a sudden, it just like made sense to mash it all up together. That and, you know, we're all gluttons for something. And I, you know, I, I, I have to be careful with this. Like, I'm a glutton for work. I am a recovering workaholic. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Like, we're all trying to get over something, Right. Yeah, And so, or, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're a scroller, right? Or maybe you're addicted to porn, or maybe you're, you know, you're distracted with shopping, or there's a a million other things besides food that we can be gluttons for. Mm -hmm. And so if we can shift all that energy we use on all of those other things to take care of our temple, I'm loving God, I'm taking care of my temple, and... Um, I get also some, some satisfaction out of that too. Like personally, it's fulfilling on, on that more vanity level. But I also know that I'm doing it for the right reason of, because I love God, I want to take care of his temple and the Holy Spirit really just needs a salad, you know, just saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. Do, Do you find, um, because i I think this is where like the rubber really hits the road is for us to be effective in our work, people's lifestyles have to change, and it's it's always interesting the spiritual conversation because I think no one no one disagrees with it, but i um do you find that people do people get it like do people connect those dots, or what do you find is actually what gets people off their butt and into a gym or you know having those those thirty grams of protein in the morning? Um, what do you find has been really effective to actually change that lifestyle?
1: You know, that's a fascinating conversation that
0: we <laughs> yeah. that
1: we can probably like have a whole other podcast oh my about, gosh. It, right? Yes. <laughs> but finding, you know, it's it it kind of goes back to and it's gonna sound a little bit a um, little esoteric, but it kind it goes back to the science conversation about why.
2: Hmm. Right. Right.
1: You originally do it because you're friends but then that really wasn't motivating enough but for your children yeah right right? for our kids we will do things that we would never do for anybody else
2: yeah yeah it's very true
1: for our kids i want to be able to get on the floor and off the floor with the use of no arms so that i can play with my grandkids when i'm 80 right but if i can't do it now Yeah, In my late 50s, I'm not going to be able to do it when I'm 80. And so I think it's it's also helping people see a longer view of their health, Mm. not just today, tomorrow and next week, but like five years down the road. So if you stay on this path, Mm -hmm. where are you going to be like, you know, you've shifted your path but maybe your audience members haven't, right? So if you're on this particular health trajectory, what does that look like in five years? I can tell you. What does it look like in 10 years? If you're 70% of Americans, I can tell you what that looks like. It looks like heart disease. It looks like obesity. It looks like cancer. It looks like neurodegenerative diseases. Whether you like that, right? You know, diabetes. Whether you like that answer, or not that's what statistics how the statistics play out hmm it's 20 years down the road and so now like what's your why well if you call yourself a christian it should be easy yeah i serve in my church because i love god i serve and do things i do my devotionals because out of love for god not out of obligation or guilt or shame because it's out of love. But I think we have to bring our clients and your clients to your point, to that place where they say, hello, oh, you know what? I've really been doing this because I feel guilty hmm. or I feel shameful or that. And then they have to dig up whatever that is, which can be some of their trauma, right? It's so connected that yeah. they can say, oh, I need to put that down. So that I can serve better, so that I can love better, so that that isn't blocking me from what you said, right? You're calling yeah. what God wants you to do. And that's, you know, that's, and so now that's what I'm doing, right? I, I I want to speak more about this so that I can do what God put me on the planet to do, which is speak about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It's like a positive so I get really feedback, right? In the right way. Yeah. 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 It's really good. So, uh, you mentioned earlier the importance of moving your body and I guess I'm curious, you know, cause I, I like, clearly we've all become more sedentary. I imagine it's even worse post pandemic where more people are working from home and, you know, all that kind of stuff. What kind of advice are you giving to people, um, to, to move their body? What, what do you recommend?
1: Oh, to all, you know, I think it, it might even well, I don't know. It must apply to men too, but You know, to all the people out there that hate exercise, I hate exercise. First of all, why? What is it about exercise that you hate? Is it the fact that you get sweaty and you don't want to mess up your clothes and your makeup? Like, okay, that's vanity, right? Whatever. That's fine. And I'm not going to invalidate that you hate to get sweaty, but like, what is it about exercise that you don't like? Is it because you got made fun of in gym class? Hmm. I'm one of those people. Right. Um... Is it because you just haven't found the thing that you like to do? Right. Is it that you won't make time? I don't have time. I don't have time for that. 30 minutes a day is what's minimally required, minimally required. And, um, sitting is the new smoking, right? We knew back in the early sixties that smoking was bad for you. Surgeon general, all the warnings, 1964 to be exact, 1960, um, And, but sitting is that, is just like smoking. It's just as bad for you. If you sit for eight hours a day and never move out of your chair, you can't make that up in an hour at the gym.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: You can't make it up. It is, it is, you you cannot make that up, Hmm. right? Even spending two hours at the gym, you have to move your body through the day. We're designed that way by our creator, right? to move our body. Otherwise we would just be slugs. We wouldn't need all our muscles and levers and arms and legs. We were designed to move and and to to do and work the land and do those things like the blue zones, right? All those people garden somehow. Yeah. They all grow right. things.
2: Yeah, good point.
1: So it's it's getting out and finding the thing that you like to do. Put your walking shoes on, get out in your neighborhood, get a treadmill. I know you, you know, all of y'all that live up in the north where you can't walk outside all year round.
0: Yeah, that's You right. know,
1: there there is no bad weather, only bad clothing choices. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I would agree. That's right. Yeah, you can make it work in any temperature. Yep. You can
1: make it work anywhere. You just have to do the thing. But you have to want to and you have to have a reason to. And, you know, getting out and walking for 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at lunch, someplace in there. Yep. It connects with God. Right right? Blow off a little cortisol, which is all those stress hormones that you worked up during the beginning of your day and get out there and connect with God and do a little prayer or, you know, listen to a funny book or, you know, get your head where it needs to be. So that when you come back, you can be refreshed and you can start anew and you see your projects differently. When we move our bodies, so many things change. Our neurotransmitters change.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When we change our, our physical state, even if you're in depression, if you can just will yourself to get outside and walk for 10 minutes, put on your favorite music and dance, a three-minute dance party, you will change your neurotransmitters. Three minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. That's been a big one for me is discovering, not that I'm, I'm not dancing for three minutes. That's not quite my my MO, but, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> uh, but I, um, but the importance of state, you know, like, I think I've spent probably the first, the first 10 years, um, in this area, like really focused on managing thought life, processing emotions, um, and failed to realize how important state is. It kind of governs those two entities, you know? So oh, I think it's a big deal. And it, it is amazing how quickly your emotions and your thoughts can start to align when you just get, you in, get yourself in the right state and your right movement is really, really critical for that. Um, for people who are listening to this and they're saying, you know what, actually, Dr. Chris, I'm already moving quite a bit. Um, you know, like either they have the practices in place and they work at home or maybe they have a more active job or whatever it might be. Um, what, are, what are maybe some more advanced things that you're recommending if someone comes to you and they're already fairly active? Is there ever A person where you're saying, hey, you actually move too much. You need to rest. You need to slow down. Give your body a chance to recuperate or I I don't know. I'm just just curious for somebody who maybe is, is doing a little bit better in this area already. What would you recommend to them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a you know, there's a place for some heavy duty workouts and all those things, but we do have to temper that with the amount of stress that we have in our life and where cortisol, which is the stress hormone, can be detrimental and you can make too much cortisol when you're working out right, so and and I you know, maybe less in the male population, they tend to be able to handle it differently and better, um, but in the female population, for sure when once you hit a little bit older, handling cortisol is key,
2: yeah,
1: key to staying healthy and and managing our weights and managing our moods for sure, for sure, um, and I think that um. I'm. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. No, that's fine.
0: No, I. I was actually just listening to a guy named Brian Kula. Uh, Brian Kula, I think Kula. Uh, forgive me. I'm. I'm forgetting his last name. But he was talking about. He said something really interesting. I've never heard anyone say this before. Um, but he trains professional athletes, and so he. He's. He's a very seasoned, experienced trainer, and um, he's kind of got a a partnership now with um 24 7 Fitness, I think, um, and is doing doing some cool things. But he he said that when when somebody hits a PR at the gym, their workout is officially over. And the point he was making, this is a hard thing for guys in particular, because when guys hit a PR, the, first, the next thing they think is, can I put more weight on the bar and let's see how far I can push it, right? I'm having such a great day. And um, the point he was making is he's like, once you hit your PR, you're done because you don't want to risk injury. You, your body needs to recover. And why why risk injury or overdo it if you just hit your PR like, you're good. The amount of stress, the amount of cortisol, the amount of everything it took to to get a PR is amazing. And your workout is done. Like go home, go rest, go recuperate, whatever. And Celebrate. Um, celebrate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, which I had never heard before. You know, I'm like, I, I'm very much um like I would love to just push the envelope and see how far I can go. And um, I found that I found that really insightful. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit if that's okay, unless you remember your other thought.
1: Yeah, I did actually. And okay, that was sleep. So sleep. Oh, perfect. That's where right? I was going. We talked yeah. a little bit about it. eating. We talked about working out, and sleep has to be up there, right? Eat, drink, move, sleep. Mm. Sleep, 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 sleep. If we're not getting a minimum of six hours, all y'all out there. Sorry, I'm from the south. Um, all y'all out there who only sleep four hours, and wear a proud badge, that will catch up with you. Mm. And you yeah. will not grow the muscles you want to grow. You will not lose the weight you want to lose. You will not have the mental clarity that you want to have if you're not sleeping six to eight hours, the way we are designed to sleep.
2: Yeah. And if you're
1: having trouble sleeping, go back to point number one and eat protein and change up your diet (laughs) (laughs) and make sure you're taking the right vitamins and stuff um, for your body because B-complex vitamins and B-complex deficiency is rampant it yes. all the time vitamin d rampant oh, yeah. everybody has it like if you think you don't you're joking right. <laughs> unless you on a pretty strict regimen but so sleep would be my next place to go which i think so, that's probably what you're going to talk about
0: beautiful yeah yeah let's let's go here so um i i have been shocked because i would consider myself to be a good sleeper uh, at least i used to because i could I could sleep anywhere I want. I generally sleep through the night. That's changed a little bit since I started my business. It's something I'm trying to get back on track. Um, But then I had a whoop band. I don't know if you've ever gone into the like fitness tracking at all. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I used a whoop band for about six months. It was mortified to see how little I actually sleep when I'm in bed. Um, And then the quality of sleep as well, like REM versus Mm -hmm. deep sleep versus um, non-REM sleep. Uh, Really, really interesting. So I'm wondering if you can maybe break down some basics of it and like for me, even just the time in bed versus time of sleep are two different metrics. And when you say six hours of sleep, you're talking about six hours where your body is actually in sleep. I'm I'm assuming um, because yes. six hours in bed is just not enough. Period. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. And like no. and to give some context to the audience, so I was the person while I was building my my practice that I was sleeping, you know, six seven hours. Like I, I or sorry, I was in bed six seven hours, probably sleeping less than that. And if I went up staying, late, staying up late, I would just wake up the same time the next day kind of thing. Um, and I shuffled around a bunch of things. And so I'm in bed like eight to nine hours a night now and have been for the last six, seven months. It's been really good for me and good as I become a father and raise a newborn with my wife and all that stuff. Um, but still my actual time as- asleep is not great. It's like maybe six and a half hours, even some mm-hmm. nights where I'm in bed for nine hours. It kind of drives me a little bit crazy. So my body's obviously acclimating and all that, but can you just talk about maybe... Some of the basics around sleep and what are some things specifically we should pay attention to improve in this area?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's definitely a few, like, rules, if you will, right? Your room needs to be below 68 degrees. Okay. Top, easy to do, right? It needs to be dark. So, if you don't have dark curtains, if you've got light coming in from a window, your room needs to be dark. Or you need to wear, like, you know, one of those sleep mask things. Right. Mine never stays on, but. Anyway, <laughs> so your room needs to be dark and it needs to be cool. Even if you have more blankets that you can shed, like it's better that direction. It's better that way. Okay. Um, a specific bedtime and wake up time every single day.
2: Right. Weekends included.
1: Weekends are, should not change from, with right. more than maybe a half an hour. Yeah, okay. Right. There's no sleep in days. You should be getting plenty of sleep that you don't need to, quote, sleep in.
2: Mm.
1: um the bedroom is for (laughs) i think my opinion and the opinion of many others sex and sleep right not tv
2: yeah
1: not scrolling your phone yeah not anything else just those things yeah and so i mean I understand your in-bed time versus sleep time. I'm one of those people that the minute I am sort of horizontal, I am asleep.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and I don't wake up for five and a half hours. Right. And then I'm awake for a minute and I am back to sleep again. So um, so to, to improve the quality of your sleep. Yeah. That may go back to some of your food. Okay. So maintaining your blood sugar, making sure you get enough carbs. Um, because if your blood sugar is crashing overnight, you may not get as deep a sleep. Hmm. B complex vitamins, B twelve in particular, okay. main t- helps helps your brain sleep deeper. Magnesium deeper, magnesium three and eight specifically. Okay, um, it's a specific form of magnesium. Really helps that deep deeper deeper sleep hmm. to get that um vitamin d right um you know i i, I don't want to put out a bunch of blanket recommendations but most of us particularly up north you need at least 5000 iu a day it's not a popular number everybody says two i say 5 to 10 um uh-huh. for most of my clients and i you know even though i'm living in the south right now i take 10 to 20 depending on what the day is and how i'm feeling because it's also a great antiviral
2: mm, okay
1: So, and the antibiotic, I mean, there's a, it bumps up your immune system to help you. So, um, you know, if you're not getting the vitamins that your brain needs to sleep and make the things it needs to make so that you can sleep, then you're going to have that disjointed sleep and you have a newborn, you're going to be awake. It's part of your season. (laughs) Some of that is just your season that you're in, but, um, you know, that, that'll dissipate. In time, and hopefully you guys can work out a, you know, where she gets some, you get some, and everybody's happy, right? (laughs) That is our
0: system, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, we're we're (laughs) chipping away at it together. I did want to ask you though. So this is, I'm, I'm going for personal coaching here now. I'm going to seize the opportunity. So absolutely. If you do have a client who is not sleeping all the way through the night, and like I said, historically I have been really good at it. Um, I can tell you for sure. Like there was a season a good two and a half, three years where I really pushed myself. So I was working my nine to five, but I was up at you know, 5.30, six in the morning working on the business, five o'clock I eat dinner and then I work until nine or 10 and then I'm in bed and I'm kind of repeating that. Really pushed myself um, and I know it was in that season like stre- like I could feel my stress was ramping up. I wasn't properly unwinding and I was still sleeping through the night because I was just probably so tired um, and had fried my nervous system, but obviously eventually it caught up with me and I would start to wake up in the middle of the night at like pretty consistently between two 30 and three. I don't look at the clock anymore. Cause I heard that's bad for you falling asleep again. So I stopped doing that, but typically it was around that time and I had to go to the bathroom. That's usually what it is. So I get up, I go to the bathroom. I come back. Sometimes my mind is racing. It takes a little bit of time for me to fall asleep. More recently, it's become a lot better. I can go back to sleep, but I, I would love to just sleep through the night again. Um, I know there's some research even showing like biphasic sleep is maybe a bit more natural for humans. There was a time where we did it, but like, as much as I would love to justify, it's very clear that like my stress levels are the reason that my sleep is biphasic right now. How would you recommend somebody in that situation gets things back on track?
1: Yeah. So like I said before, like getting your blood sugar on track, which I hope that, that you kind of work through that. Um, And then you, you may have to play around with some evening snacks. Okay. Um, I'm not a big fan of eating right before bed. You know, a couple hours before bed is fine. However, there are the exceptions, right? Some people do better if they have like some peanut butter and some gluten-free crackers or something like that. Oh, And I don't mean like, I don't mean a f- feast. I mean like tent crackers, and a little like a schmear of peanut butter, okay. um, just enough fat and protein and a little bit of carb to calm that nervous system down, getting your cortisol levels under control, right? So some rhodiola, some ashwagandha, some of those more calmative, you, there's plenty of anti-stress or cortisol manager kind of products mm. um, that need that may be needed, taken kind of later in the day. We want our cortisol levels to drop during the day. It should be high in the morning and then drop during the day. Um, and if if you're getting a second wind, that is a an absolute sign that your cortisol is out of balance.
0: Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: So if you're tired at seven or eight o'clock, go to bed.
0: <laughs> go right. to bed.
1: Because by nine, you're gonna find that second wind and then you're up.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah.
1: Right? Um, so if you're falling asleep in front of the TV, go to bed and just yeah. let your body work its way out. It will. You have to give it the rest it needs. B complex vitamin, it's this isn't an adrenal function. Yeah, right. It's right, it's adrenal dysfunction, it's shooting off cortisol when it shouldn't be shooting off cortisol. So B complex vitamins, I know this I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but <laughs> getting your blood sugar right, drinking enough water, and getting sleep. That's how you heal your adrenals. Yeah. Yeah. Without a whole bunch of herbal stuff in the way. But there are some herbal cortisol manager type of of supplements that you can that you can get
2: okay too yeah yeah really really Uh,
1: melatonin might also help
2: yeah right
1: right so there's certain levels of melatonin that people take it may only take one milligram for some people it could take 12 for other people it could take 50 for some people wow which is really high
2: yeah not
1: i'm not a fan Um, because then you start messing with other uh, neurotransmitters right yeah. But that those are some of the things like a little try a low dose melatonin for two or three nights and see if that helps you. I noticed that um a couple of the manufacturers actually have a tablet that has like a fast acting melatonin and then a slow release melatonin, like six milligrams, six milligrams. So oh, cool. that you can get that staying power overnight. Um, watching not drinking water past seven o'clock, if you're trying to be in bed at ten. Um, that helps the whole bathroom piece, right?
2: True, Yep.
1: For women um, who start ruminating at two, between two and four, that's a progesterone issue. Okay. Which can be secondary to cortisol.
0: Interesting, okay. Um, Yeah, watch
1: what your workouts are too. I mean, if you're a nighttime workout person, all you guys that love to go to the gym at night and you're not sleeping well, that may be because of the cortisol that you're producing at the gym. So- Hmm. If you can shift to going to bed just a little bit earlier than get up and be a morning gym rat, then that might also serve you.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, super super helpful. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to one more subject here with the time we have left together. I wanna ask you about sure. testosterone. Very, very trending cool. subject amongst men. And a particular like I'm particularly interested to just see where the research goes with testosterone because I believe that porn consumption and some of our sexual misbehavior is playing into the drop in testosterone levels that we're seeing. I don't think it's the cause, I think it's at play. Uh, and we'll we'll have to wait and see. Makes sense. Um, there's already evidence that it's at play indirectly because porn consumption affects one's sleep, general lifestyle behaviors, it can even affect diet. There's research showing that. And those things all affect testosterone levels. So indirectly, there's, there's clearly an impact, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens down the road. I'm just curious what you're observing in your clientele in the research around testosterone and any advice to men who maybe, um, you know, either have done the test and they uh, have low T or maybe guys who are just suspect that they might, and they want to get things back on track. What would you be recommending?
1: Yeah. So that's, that's, a, I mean, what I first, the first thing I recommend is really get, get your levels done just to make sure, right. And yeah, buy something, yeah. somebody reputable and make sure you deal what you're dealing with, because if it's super low, I am not opposed to a little bit of bump for a little while for people if you need to have a supplement, right? But there's also some herbal things.
0: Or are you referring to something else?
1: I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Would that, be, would that be TRT, like to give people that bump? Or are you talking about something else?
1: No, that would be fine. Or there's also a couple of herbal things that, that, um, that I've used tribulus in the past, like tribulus in the past um, to help your own bot, to help your own testosterone. The other piece is, what are you doing at the gym? What are you doing at the gym? Because the the research around like big muscle group kind of uh, old school deadlifts, old school squat, old school shoulders, like the bigger, big muscle groups, particularly lower body can help you boost testosterone levels.
2: Right. Right. So
1: like if you're not doing some of those things and I'm not, please do not do what you shouldn't be doing. Like. If you're just doing 20-pound squats, don't go find 50s today. not a good idea, right? (laughs) Work your way up, right? Work your way up to what's reasonable for your body and age. But doing some some of that old kind of old-school weightlifting is a big deal. And then that protein piece, you have to follow those workouts with some pretty heavy-duty protein. The interesting thing is, you know, our bodies can only absorb so much at one time. Yeah. So it may be that 30 grams several times a day is going to be a better fit for some guys than 50 grams three times a day, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I know that there's some math around one gram of protein to one pound of weight. And I know you guys are probably in kilograms, so you'll have to do your own math there. pounds,
2: but yeah.
1: Are you? Okay. Um. So it's, it's really that one to one and a half grams of protein to pound of body weight that you really want to be looking at. But if you're a 200 pound guy, you're not going to get in 200 grams of protein a mass. So hard. Serious. Yeah. Yeah. That's really serious. And if you're not drinking enough water, you're really going to damage the kidneys. Right. So. Find your, find your sweet spot. I mean, they say the same thing to women, but my sweet spot is someplace around 90 grams of protein, 60 to 90 grams of protein a day. I can't, I can't do the one pound per or one gram per pound.
0: No way. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. So I'm, I'm curious, um, my final question for you, when you look at some of the, the macro trends in health and fitness now it's 2024 when we're recording this. Um, like, what are, what do you think is going to happen in the next four or five years? Are there any subjects that you see like, okay, this is on the rise. This is really good. Um, I was just talking to a friend the other day. I forget who this was. I'm in Jamaica right now. And so my life is like a little bit upside down for the two months I'm here. Um, and I'm at, I'm, I'm at a gym here. I'm working out regularly and the women in, I don't know if it's the women in Jamaica or the women at this gym are just jacked. They are so strong. Most of them are lifting more than I am. And that's fine. Like I'm I'm used to that. Um, I'm not I'm not super deterred by it. But it, it's just I it's cool to see women lifting, you know? And I feel like that's that's different. You know, even ten years ago, twelve years ago, when I was lifting weights with my university buddies, there were women there, but they were all on the treadmill and the elliptical, um, doing cardio. It's cool to see women are are lifting. I love it. Um, and given what we know about the benefits of strength training, I hope there's more of it. But that's just an example of something that has clearly changed the last few years, like I said, lots of conversations around testosterone. What do you think is going to happen, or what what topics do you see emerging to the forefront over the next you know five to ten years that we should be paying attention to?
1: Ah uh, that's a great question. And I do think that women particularly um need to to really focus on their muscle mass because if you don't have muscle mass, whatever your metabolism is going into menopause, and I know this is not a topic for your necessarily for your audience, but you all you guys out there have who have one (laughs) exactly we should be (laughs) informed
2: probably yeah (laughs) you need to be informed
1: because whatever their your metabolism ladies is going into menopause not going to get better after
2: right whatever
1: your muscle mass is before you need to start working on that then right i I know if you're already posted there's a whole other section (laughs) but come and see me like find me on social whatever and i can help you with that side too but if you can lift and have lots of muscle mass before you hit menopause, menopause is going to be easy. Hmm. It's so much easier, and that's... part of that is just this longevity piece. If we have the muscle mass, then it's one of the things that's correlated with longevity and healthy longevity, like health span, right. not just lifespan. Like, you can be long, alive for a long time, but it doesn't mean you're healthy. It doesn't mean you're vital. Yeah, but muscle mass is so important. So to your point, um, what are the macro trends? You know, and I am a 40, 30, 30 girl, 40% protein, 30% carbs, 30% fat have been for a very long time. It is the Mediterranean style of eating for the most part. Um, But I know that there are some heavier protein, lower carb, higher fat Um, And that's more like on the keto end of life and and people who aspire, you know, subscribe to that. Um, Again, what we're talking about here is what works for you.
2: Mm, Yeah.
1: Keto doesn't work for me. If I'm eating 70% protein, I feel horrible. I don't feel good. I have to have that very solid balance between all the things that I'm eating. And that's what makes me feel good. Yeah. So I think we all have to figure out what works. And that I think is also a trend. Yeah. Like it's, you, there's a lot of people on social media saying, my thing works for everybody, but it doesn't. I have I have invested in several different things, mostly out of curiosity, right? What are you telling people? What are you telling people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? But, right? And a lot of them say the same thing, but, and and it's the thing that doesn't work for me.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: right? And so yeah. I, when I find somebody who is a client and my thing doesn't work for them, then I say, hey, you should try this thing.
2: Yeah. It doesn't
1: work for me, but it might work for you. And yeah. so I think that finding that, finding those those macros that work for you, that's the key, right? That's the trend is what works for you. What works for you doesn't work for me. And for men, I do think that, some of the keto esque leaning into the Atkins. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, having a bacon and whipped cream <laughs> frenzy here, yeah. you know, like healthy fats and healthy vegetables, keeping your carbs lower and that kind of thing that and, and lean proteins. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Really, really cool. Um, Always great talking with you, Dr. Chris. Uh, Thank welcome- you so
1: much. I appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah, it so yeah. Fun.
0: yeah really a wealth of knowledge. And uh, we covered a lot today. For people yeah. who do want to find out more about, you know, you, what you're up to, your services, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yep. I am on social media. I am at Dr. Chris Sargent, just like you see on the screen. And if you're watching, it's at drkrissargen And then you'll find me um, at restoreu.com, R E S T O R Y O U.com.
0: Amazing. We'll put the links in the show notes. Thanks for your time, Dr. Chris. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Well, I'm so grateful for Dr. Chris. Um, You know, after we finished the interview, she looked at me and was like, wow, that was a lot. You know, we covered a lot of ground and uh, she handled all my questions really well. And uh, well done to you. If you've made it this far uh, to the very end, that means you were able to stomach all of my many questions about so many different subjects concerning health. Uh, so go check her out, restforyou.com, And if you're interested in the supplements or the coaching, uh, I would especially encourage you to go check out her site. Um, she's got more information there, and there's more ways for you to kind of get those details. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're realizing that you need to quit pornography, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you're realizing that that pornography is hindering your spiritual health. And because of that, it's affecting your physical health or maybe you've actually experienced direct adverse effects from porn consumption. The research is pretty clear that is a thing. Then I want you to really uh, consider us, consider what we're doing and reach out. There's a link in the show notes to book a call with my team. Uh, We'd love to speak with you and see if our system here is a good match for you. Our focus is helping men get to the roots of the issue. It's not particularly sexy. Uh, it's not the quick fix and be free, and then we kick you to the, the curb and you're done. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to really um, go through a more intensive process, a more comprehensive process that gets to the roots of the issues. And the idea for us is if we can help you get to the roots, the behaviors will start to take care of themselves. Um, our programs come with you know, uh, coaching, one-on-one groups, a course, a community we throw a little bit of everything at you to try to stack the odds in your favor to not just get free, but to stay free long-term. And we've been successful helping hundreds of guys do exactly that. So if you want to find out more, you can click the link in the show notes book a call with the team. And if for whatever reason, the calendar is full when you click on that link there, if you scroll to the bottom of the page, there's an extended calendar link, click on that. And then that pretty much always has some availability. So we'll make sure that you as a listener of the show, get on there uh, or can book a call if uh, that's your desire. In the meantime, thank you guys for listening. God bless you. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye bye. Hey everybody. It's Sathea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within.